Fox Sports Indiana, and you're listening to Small Town Sports Talk. Hello and welcome to Small Town Sports Talk, brought to you by Endeavor Communications. I'm Jonah Freeman alongside Andrew Willett. Andrew, how are you today, man? Jonah, never been better as always, and as always, really excited to be joined by another guest. He's the 14, he's in his 14th year coaching high school basketball in the state of Indiana and third year at a perennial powerhouse at Bar Reeve. We're very excited to welcome uh, Josh Thompson. Coach Thompson, how you doing? I'm doing great and uh, I appreciate what you guys are doing and I think this is uh, this is great and I, I hear from Dr. Freeman, Jonah's dad, uh, that you, your guys' uh, podcast is off to a great start. So very honored to, to be a guest on the night. Well, thank you so much, Coach Thompson. Uh, really happy to be welcomed by you. Your team this year is 10-2. and two. We got to know, though, what is uh, a year, 2020-2021 now, what's a year of high school basketball during COVID-19? Well, it's very different, guys. Um, you know, this weekend uh, is kind of our uh, rivalry week. It's the Super Bowl around here in Davis and Martin County. Uh, we play Ligoti on Friday night. Um, Ligoti's ranked, I think, third or fourth in Class 1A, and we play North Davies on Saturday night, and, and that's <clears throat> down here in Davis County. We call that the Buggy Bowl because most of the Amish uh, and Mennonites uh, that live in this uh, part of the state live in either the Bar Reef School District or North Davies School District, so we actually have a traveling trophy uh, that's on the line on Saturday night in the Buggy Bowl. And traditionally, those games, and this sounds really odd when, when you talk about small school basketball, last year when we played at Ligoti, their gym seats about 4,800 people. There were probably 4,800 people there at that game that night. I mean, it was packed. There was not a, a seat to be had. Um, it, it was a sellout. They had the fire marshal there to make sure that, that you know, no more people got in the game. Uh, we played them again on Friday night in the sectional, um, and it was just as packed um, in, in the sectional. And then when we play that North Davies game, whether we play that at Bar Eve or we play that at North Davies, that's usually a, a packed or near capacity uh, crowd. And, um, you know, it's always neat because the student sections get very involved in that game, and uh, they'll wear Amish and Mennonite attire and, and sit in the cheer sections. So, you know, looking at it from a, you know, just a basketball heritage standpoint, this weekend's going to look a lot different um, than what it typically does. Um, but, you know, the, the thing about it is I, I keep reminding our, our players, we're so fortunate to just be playing. Um, you know, you saw the Alabama-Ohio State game last night, and I saw a lot of the Ohio State and uh, even – I'm sorry, a lot of the Alabama players and even a few of the Ohio State players – uh, that had tweeted and coaches tweeting after the game that they just considered themselves to be fortunate to be playing in that game because a couple months ago we didn't know what the season was going to be like. You know, for us, our season got cut short uh, right after the sectional last year. We felt like we had a very good team and had a chance in, in Class A to maybe make a run um, and have a chance to win a state championship. But we weren't the only team that thought that, you know. So uh, we weren't unique in that, that situation. Um, our capacities have been anywhere from about six, 700 people the night that we played uh, Bloomington South. Uh, it was a home game. And then like Friday night when we played Lagodi, I mentioned last year, 47, 4,800 people there. 
um, there's only going to be uh, immediate family uh, allowed to come to that game. But um, one of the things that I have noticed this year that, that has been kind of a godsend is the fact that we have technology like we're enjoying right now with Zoom. Um, people can tune in on the ISC network. We played a few games on Greg Rakeshaw's um, network. We played North Harrison, played Bloomington South, played Carmel. Um, all those games were broadcast statewide on ISCA or ISC. And then the IHSA network, I think, has done a really good job. They broadcast our two games at Newcastle in the Hall of Fame Classic. So we're, you know, it's been different with not having as many fans um, in attendance. It's been a blessing to have technology so that, that people can tune in and watch games. Yeah, absolutely. The ISC, IHSA TV, uh, Jonah and I have done a few broadcasts on there. That has been, we're very fortunate to have that. And you mentioned uh, going back to last season, we'll get into that um, and how your season was cut short. But right after that, I, I want to know uh, your off season. What was that? How different was that because of COVID? Well, it was extremely different. And, you know, <clears throat> things kind of got flip-flopped to where we typically do almost all of our basketball stuff exclusively in June. And this year we had to do almost everything exclusively in July. I felt like our kids adapted to that very well. What we did in June, since we couldn't contact our players, is um, we put our kids in pods. Um, and, and obviously the IHSA was wanting uh, any types of workouts that were being done to be limited to six players or fewer in, in June. So what we did is we put our kids in groups of four to five um, we put seniors and juniors in charge of each group with some freshmen and sophomores. Um, you know, and, and while we were worried a little bit about the intimidation factor, you know, that we've all faced when we're freshmen, whether that's freshmen in high school, freshmen in college, um, the feedback that I got from our players and, and parents um, was really good. And, and I feel like we've got really good leaders, really good upperclassmen that handled that the right way. And so what those guys were doing is they were meeting to do um, you know, physical training um, three days a week on their own. But then when they would get done with that, then they would do a lot of shooting drills, ball handling stuff. And those groups were in charge. And we had some challenges, you know, each day that the teams were competing against one another. Um, and I, I just really was pleased with our guys going through that. Then when we got into July and we were able to have two and three practices a week, um, it was different, obviously, going through the COVID protocols. Uh, masking up, um, going through the questions and all that litany uh, before we could even get onto the court, sanitizing the balls, all that type of stuff. and, and all. Um, but we were fortunate. We played, I think, nine games this summer. Uh, we were able to go play a couple round robins at North Davies, um, and we were able to enter an AAU tournament. We played as our school team in an AAU tournament up at Westfield uh, at the Pacers facility. And so we got nine games in the summer and most teams in Indiana didn't get any games. So uh, we, we felt very fortunate to be able to do that. Yeah, and it's gotta be a big sigh of relief that we've made it to this point in high school basketball. Um, if you don't mind, talk a little bit about the identity of your team and some of those guys that have stepped up big for you. Well, going into this season, I think most people realized that we had a really good core of, of three uh, three players that, that had a lot of notoriety. Um, our point guard, uh, Bryson Graber, led the state in assists per game last year. He averaged 8.3 assists per game. 
Uh, he was Hoosier Basketball Magazine, I think third team All-State going into the year. Um, and then Hagen Nepp, who I think will end up on the junior all-star team at the end of this year. Hagen is a, a very athletic um, uh, forward slash guard. Um, he led us in scoring last year. He was our local area player of the year. Uh, he was preseason second team all-state Hoosier basketball. And then Kurt Hope, who is a division one player, he signed to go to Bellarmine, which I think is a tremendous fit for that young man with their style of play, with their coaching staff. Um, and Kurt's had a, a tremendous season. He's averaging 20 and 10. Um, he's a 6'9 uh, forward. And um, I don't know if you guys uh, see the, the Channel 10 in the paint stuff um, that comes out each Friday and Saturday night. But last Saturday, he scored his 1,000th point. And the move that he made to do it was off of an outlet pass to half court off of a steal. And he had to go through three guys to get to the rim. And for a 6'9 guy to catch it, put it on the floor, a guy to try to steal it, he goes behind his back and then he lays it in on you know on the left side, which is his strong side. Just an incredible move and just shows his versatility. So a lot of people knew those guys. Um, but then, you know, we graduated Keegan O'Neill, who's playing at USI. He was our 6'8 center. And so I think a lot of people were like, how, how are you guys going to replace those guys? And we've had a lot of senior guys that were junior role players. They played JV last year. They've stepped up big for us. Um, guys like Tommy Kidwell, um, Tyson Knapp, those guys have been big for us. Um, Jamison Miller and Devin Graber have both started for us at times. And then Bryson, our point guard, his younger brother, Caden, has really kind of emerged for us the last three or four games uh, against Fort Wayne Blackhawk. Um, I think he had 17 or 18 points, and nobody really knew who this kid was outside of us. And then he's now in our starting rotation. He's had some really big games for us here as of late. But that's pretty much our core. Um, but the fun part for me coaching these guys is um, – Nobody really worries or cares about who gets the credit. Um, you know, Kurt, like I said, uh, he's a thousand point scorer, Division One guy. But if I told him we were going to win every game the rest of the year and win a state championship, but he couldn't score a point the rest of the year, he would take it and he would work just as hard in practice every single day as he does for us now. And all of our guys are that way. So for me, that that makes coaching this group of guys very fun. Um, you mentioned Kurt Hope, and you mentioned some of the games you've already played. Um, in that game against Blackhawk Christian, Kurt was going up against Caleb first, and then um, against Blackford, Luke Brown. So two of those guys are D1 guys. What did you see from Kurt that like really reassures you that this is a D1 guy? Yeah, well, not only does it reassure me that he's a D1 guy, but I've had some discussions with people, uh, Mike Broughton, who's the all-star game director, about the fact that I, I think Kurt has already proven um, that he's an Indian all-star. Um, we played North Harrison this year, and LT Hatton is a really good big for them, very athletic kid. He's a Division One player going to William & Mary, and um, Kurt and LT are AAU teammates. And, you know, we won the game by 20, and, you know, Kurt outscored him. He out-rebounded him. Again, LT's a, a fabulous player, um, and he's got a shot to make the all-star team. When we went up and we played Carmel, the Waddell kid, who I think is a definite Division One kid, an all-star game prospect, um, you know, Kurt had 18 points and 11 rebounds that night um, and, and outplayed him head-to-head. -head. 
and you know the block you talked about that. Um, I, I just felt Kurt did a really good job, and and probably that matchup with Caleb was was really a wash. And Caleb first may end up being Mr. Basketball this year if it's not you know Trey Kaufman or Blake Wesley or one of those other guys. But I, I think he, he's really proved himself on the court this year. Um, one of the things that we tried to do this year uh, was to really beef our schedule up, you know, play Bloomington South, play Carmel, play North Harrison, uh, play in the Hall of Fame Classic so that, you know, that Kirk could get these opportunities like you're talking about to prove himself because uh, anybody that knows the story about Kurt Hove and, and he's a tremendous young man, but anybody that knows that story knows that he had to set out last year because he transferred to us from Forest Park. And, you know, I tell people this all the time. We were 25 and one last year and the kid never played a minute, but he might've been our most valuable player because of what he did every day in practice. I mean, we had to go against a six, nine guy that's capable of doing what he's able to do every day in practice. He made everybody from Keegan O'Neill, our six, eight center better to, to everybody trying to finish around the basket. And so, um, you know, I, I think he's proven that and more this year. Yeah. You mentioned that competition in practice. You, you just said yourself, you beefed up your schedule. You you're 10 and two right now, a couple of close losses, obviously at Carmel as a four, a school and Fort Wayne blast uh, What's it like having that tough competition? Like, how does that help your team down the road this season? Well, um, you know, that's a great question. And, and I think, you know, it, it's easy to say, well, we're going to beef up our schedule and we're going to go out and we're going to play these teams. Um, but, you know, you can go out and play those teams and not really get any better from doing it. You know, you can you can get taken to the woodshed, whatever you want to say, but and not really compete. But I felt like our guys – not only competed, but had a chance to win. I mean, obviously, both those losses were in overtime. Um, they'd probably need to get a guy that coaches better in overtime, and they might have a chance to win some of those games. Um, you know, again, I felt like it was important to put Kurt in those positions. It was important to put our guys in those positions because we want to get to March, and we want to peak there in March. Um, I think that's the goal that every high school coach has, is that your team's playing – the best that you can play at the end of February going into the tournament. But the other thing is I wanted our guys to have to go through the ringer with every possible scenario that we could face in the tournament. Carmel is without a doubt the best defensive team that we will play all year. I mean, nobody's going to – like going into that Carmel game, I was I really worried on preparation, and I, I really consider myself to be more of a defensive coach than an offensive coach and and I've gotten better at that side of things and um but I, I really felt like like we were going to be able to stop them and, and to take away some of their key actions like their dribble handoffs on the side um you know some of their flare screen action stuff that they do I felt really good about that going into the game the question mark that I had was how are we going to score against them because they're so good defensively um you know then we play a team like Bloomington South and we're playing them on statewide television. And they've got the all-time winningest coach in the state of Indiana, J.R. Holmes. And they were playing without the trailer kid that night. So I knew that they weren't going to try to go up and down the floor with us. But what I didn't anticipate was that they would just basically come out there and hold it against us. And who better to do that to you than Bloomington South? You know, a team that's very athletic. It's extremely well coached. So, you know, like you said, we've really beefed our schedule up, but I feel like we've done it in the right way that really prepares our guys for the tournament. 
Yeah, Coach, I know you've talked about them already, but talk about those matchups this weekend with number four, Lodi, and number five, North Davies, Friday and Saturday. Well, you know, guys, I'm, there's some things I really love about Twitter, and there's some stuff I really hate about it. But um, I, I actually put out a tweet last week. We played Orleans uh, on uh, on the road on on Tuesday night and, and didn't play well. But part of the reason why we didn't play well is we didn't get off to a very good start. And they're extremely well coached. And they did exactly what you kind of anticipate Lagodi and North Davies doing us doing to us and slowing down the tempo. And when you get behind, you know, seven or eight early in the game, you're really at the mercy of the other team about how the game's going to be played as far as tempo. And, uh, and we learned a lesson there. But going back to that, Orleans is extremely well coached. I mean, Tom Bradley's won 400 games or something like that. Um, then we played uh, Evansville Modern Day on, on Friday night. And Kurt Wilderman has done a tremendous job down there with their program and the culture that, that he's developed. And, and they're just a really good basketball team. And one of the things I tweeted was that in Indiana, there are no easy wins. Like, you know, you, you, most people get on the Herald website and uh, they see, well, you know, Barry's favored by this amount against this team. Well, people forget that that team is extremely well coached. That team is preparing day in and day out to take away our strengths as, as are we. And so when you get into the game, if you don't get off to a good start, those teams, if they follow their coach's game plan, are going to be able to compete with you. And this weekend is no different. I mean, Coach Haywood, I think, does a tremendous job at Lagodi. Um, what he's been able to do coming in there last year, they beat us during the regular season. And I, I just thought his kids were way tougher than us on that Friday night back in January of last year. And then North Davies, we were fortunate enough to beat them three times last year. But we had to really work to beat them every single time that we played them, whether it was in the holiday tournament championship game, the buggy bowl regular season game, or in the sectional. And, um, you know, like you said, this weekend going to be two really tough games. And I, I don't care how much John Harrell has us favored by, we're going to have to earn possessions. And, and I think if our guys take that approach and we come in and we get off to a good start both of those nights, we'll be fine. If we don't get off to a good start, we'll be in for a dogfight. We are going to pause right there for a quick advertisement. We hope you're enjoying this show. Thank you. Jonah, do you know what is ridiculously fast? What's that, Andrew? Endeavor Communications Internet Speeds. That's right. In Indiana, basketball is everything. And if you're anything like Andrew and I, you are always streaming basketball, your favorite sports, or just your favorite shows. And hey, you're always going to need Wi-Fi. Ridiculously fast. Endeavor Communications provides Wi-Fi perfect for watching the big game, streaming your favorite shows, working, studying, and gaming all at the same time. Not only is Endeavor fast, but when you go with Endeavor, you support the whole community. Endeavor Communications is proud to serve and support our local community. From homes, education, businesses, Endeavor will keep you ahead of the game. You can find out more and see for yourself at weendeavor.com. That's weendeavor.com. And tell them Small Town Sports Talk sent you. And that's why you play the games, Coach. And we want to run back uh, just a few years to that semi-state championship team. First, I want to, how much of that semi-state championship team is left over uh, to this season even? Well, I've got two guys left. Uh, Bryson was a sophomore point guard on that team. And um, I thought he did a did a phenomenal job that year. Um, you know, th those guys had lost in the semi-state the year before. 
And then Coach Hughes retired at the end of that year. So I was coming in, and that was my first year. And one of the things that, that I've learned, and you, you talked about me coaching for 14 years, and, you know, it, it just – that flies by. That really does. It flies by, um, you know, and I've been coaching now for, for almost 20 total as an assistant and a, and a head coach. And one of the things I've learned is if you come in – to any situation, whether that team has won no games the year before or they've won 26, you've got to do things that those kids are familiar with. Because if you throw too much at them too fast, and I'm not talking about anything with the culture. The culture didn't need to be changed at all. But I'm very much a motion offense guy, allowing guys to have a lot of freedom to make plays. It's the way I was coached in high school. Um, I feel like Players really appreciate that. But if you're not used to playing that way, that's very uncomfortable. And our kids were very much a set-oriented offense, that we would come down and we would run a set, and they, they did that with great efficiency for many years. Um, but I just felt like our players that we had, if we really worked on transition into motion stuff, that, that we could be – we could be really good over the last couple of years. And, and it's turned out to be that way. But I give Bryson and that team um, in 2019 a lot of credit because they bought into what I wanted to do in small increments. But they they realized that, hey, I'm going to not change a whole lot. You know, we're, we're going to still run a lot of sets and be really good at running a lot of sets because that's what those guys are comfortable with. Um, Hagen Nepp that I mentioned earlier, Hagen was a freshman. He was a six man on that team and averaged about six and a half, seven points a game, came off the bench for us. Um, and, and really probably one of his best games that year was the game in the state finals. We Blackhawk uh, played really, really well first. That was one of the best games I've ever seen Caleb play and on a big stage. And uh, I'm just glad Hagen Nepp was with us that day because it could have been really ugly if Hagen wouldn't have been on our side. Yeah, you lost that one to Blackhawk. Um, but you took over that year for a guy like Brian Hughes, who coached that, that program in the last 25 years yeah. out of his 33 years coaching. Yeah. Uh, well, honestly, what was that like to just take over and be so successful, but also to go as far as you had ever gone in the state tournament? Yeah, I'm looking back at we had a guy come in today because the Lagodi game is going to be broadcast on the IHSA network, uh, kind of like what you said you guys have done. And I can't remember which which group is doing that and putting it out on Friday uh, on the network. But the last game that that group did was our semi-state game against Bloomfield in 2019. And so the guy was coming in looking at the gym where um, we wanted to, uh, you know, or where he wanted to set the cameras up and all that kind of stuff. And I said, you know, I said – that game seems like it was five days ago, but it also seems like it was 20 years ago at the same time. I, I guess maybe it's just the world that we live in right now with, uh, you know, every day is a constant battle. So you know, we had that conversation. But for me, I mean, obviously, you know, every coach I think wants to get to the state finals. I mean, you know, personally, if you can get there and, and now – Personally, it's it's getting back and trying to win one, you know, is what I want to do. But at the end of the day, um, you know, and I think a lot of this has to do with my faith and has a lot to do with my family and how grounded my wife keeps me. Um, when I start to, 
you know, get a little bit of a big head. She humbles me pretty quick around here. Uh, but uh, no, for me, it was very gratifying getting to the state finals. And, uh, and, and definitely uh, that year was probably the year that I remember the most from coaching because of everything that team went through. You know, obviously with Coach Hughes retiring late there in July, and then, you know, they got this new guy that comes in and, you know, wants to make some change. Like I said, no big changes, but he wants to come in, make a few changes, and just, you know, for 16, 17, 18-year-old kids to really buy into what we did. Uh, one of the big things that I had going for me that year was all of the assistant coaches for Coach Hughes, including some guys that wanted to try to get the – head coaching job and applied for it, um, felt like it was important for them to stay on staff and, and for us to keep rowing the boat in the same direction. Um, those guys all stayed. So that that continuity with the coaching staff, I think, was huge for our players as well. And You know, I let my assistant coaches, who are all still there um, in year three, um, how important I think that was for that team and, and for what we've done over the last couple of years. Yeah, making a state championship last year, only losing one game. As Jonah's about to say, you've been so close. And your daughters beat you to it. What would it mean for you? What would it mean oh, for I you to win that it. state championship? Hey, and the best part about that, the best part about that, Jonah, is she reminds me of that all the time. Um I, I was fortunate enough in high school that we got to the state finals and, and we lost in 98. And that was, interestingly, that was the first ever boys class state championship game uh, of, of any, or, or I'm sorry, boys basketball. We lost to Central Catholic in 98. So I got runner up there. I was an assistant coach at Lagodi in 05, and we lost to LaPel. Um and uh, obviously they were coached by Jimmy Howe, who just retired here, you know, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, but I was Steve Brett's assistant in 05 at Lagodi, and we, we lost to LaPel. And then we lost to Blackhawk in 19. So I've got three runner-up rings and three runner-up medals. And my daughter has two championship rings and two championship medals. And uh, anytime we get into a spat about sports, she'll, she'll just throw out there who Who's got the blue rings? Who's got the blue rings? So overall, what would it mean to you to get that blue ring? Well, you know, from a from a coaching standpoint, I, I think it gives some validity to what you do. But I've known a lot of really good coaches who have coached teams for years and done tremendous jobs that have maybe never won a sectional, um, have never won a regional, have never got to the state finals. And, and some of those guys that have just, for whatever reason, not had a ton of tournament success, some of those guys are in the Hall of Fame. And, uh, you know, it, it takes a lot of luck. And when I say that, it's not that, you know, you, you luck your way into 25-point wins or, or, you know, guys just miraculously make shots. But you got to be healthy. You know, you, you can't have any major injuries to make a deep tournament run you got to stay free from illness. And, you know, obviously this year is that, that's paramount, you know, staying, right. staying away from illness. And then you got to have a really good team. And so to this point, we've been blessed with this team to have all that. Now, um, you know, I think it's all in the Lord's plan, whether or not that all plays out. 
but you know, I, I do tell people that all the time that obviously I would love to win a state championship. That would mean a lot to me, but even more so to what it would mean for me, it would mean a ton for my players because I know what those guys invest every single day. I know what those guys have dreamed about. I dreamed about it as a player. And that's really truly why I coach because I was blessed with great coaches and um, had a lot of great mentors and ha- and made a lot of great memories with my teammates going up, growing up. And so one of the things I've always tried to do, and this year's team I think probably fulfills that more than any other team I've coached, is to give kids the opportunities to make big memories. And we, we've made a lot of those to this point, and, uh, and God willing, hopefully we make many more throughout the season. And Jonah, our last thing is our 60-second speed round brought to you by Endeavor Communications. So Jonah will ask the questions. I've got the timer here brought to you by Endeavor Communications. And uh, let's tip this thing off, Jonah. All right. First question, what is your favorite movie? Uh, Forrest Gump. If you were given $1 million, what would be your first purchase? Um, I would probably pay off my house. Uh, What's your favorite pro sports team? Um, Indiana Pacers. Favorite college team? Favorite college team. Matt Painters, Purdue Boilermakers. Uh, What's your favorite restaurants eat at in Davis County? Red Bones Bar and Grill, Montgomery. Uh, What's your favorite thing to do in free time? Favorite thing to do in free time, read and work out. Uh, If you could pick one superpower, what would it be? Um, The power to heal. Okay. Um, What's the best piece of a brownie? Is it the middle, the edge, or the corner? You know, I'm a big corner fan. (laughs) And then if you were not coaching, how would you prefer making a living? Well, I really couldn't imagine any other way to make a living. Um, But if I was doing it, uh, probably something else I would do would probably be in like athletic ministry. Absolutely. That's it. Thank you, coach. That is our 60-second speed round. The hot take on the corner piece of the brownie. <laughs> um, really, really happy that you were able to join us, Coach Thompson. And, uh, yeah, thank you so much. Hey, I appreciate uh, being on with you guys. It was a lot of fun. And best of luck moving forward with the podcast. I think uh, what you guys are doing is awesome. Absolutely. Thank you, Coach. Yeah, thanks, Coach. And. Best of luck the rest of this season. You're 10-2 right now. Good luck this weekend as well. And thank you so much to all of our listeners. Uh, make sure to go check out all of our podcasts at ST Squared. It's on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, Stitcher, and more. Follow us on Twitter at ST Squared 2. And thank you so much for listening. That's ST Squared.